Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, if you enjoyed listening to us, go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at Heart Hustle Pod. Facebook and Instagram, we're at Heart Hustle Podcast. And you can use the hashtag BossSoHard uh, to find us all around the internet. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, it's a great way to get in listener questions. Just give us feedback or just tell us what you guys are up to. Ask for help, anything like that. Yeah, and you're also listening on iTunes. You go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review, and we will give you a high five <laughs> virtually, and maybe we'll read them like, I always get interested by podcasts who read their reviews online. So. That is a really fun idea. I like the idea of doing that. Yeah, so it's, put out your rating and your review so we can read it. Um, so today it's just the two of us, which I feel like hasn't happened in a really long time um, and probably won't happen again for probably about eight weeks. Uh, <laughs> as I'm looking at our schedule right in front of us, I'm like, holy stuff. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been fun because we've had so many interesting people on the podcast and I feel like we've really tried really hard to find guests that don't all do the same thing. Right. Like we don't want everyone to be a designer, a photographer, a social media manager. I feel like we've had a lot of those in the beginning and they're great. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like we were getting a lot of the same um, ideas and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, now we've had everything from like, you know, fine artists and activists and coming up, we have just a lot of people that do a lot of completely different things. Which is so exciting. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, and I, I, I've just really loved everyone we've interviewed this year. It's been, super awesome season two yeah i know like year two we're coming up we're just like you know frank underwood (laughs) becoming the president of the united states but going better like going way better than frank's presidency like netflix sent me a push notification about the new season and i'm like we're living that life though like why would i need to watch house of cards when that's side note what i'm living a handmaiden's tale yet i have not and everybody everyone to go everybody's been talking about it right now like for what i've never read the book and i really don't understand why because i normally i feel like yeah i was gonna say yeah right um but i just somehow missed that one i do i do believe it came out like 20 years ago and so at that point, I think that the subject material would have probably been inappropriate for me at the time. Oh, I don't now that care. I'm looking, I'm a child and I read everything. Well, I was a kid, I was a terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is you think that, but wait till you see it because you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I did read a few things that. Yeah, no, I read. This was, this I was reading thing, like Stephen King when I was like seven. I, I feel like a in a sense, this is almost kind of like uh, worse. Yeah, because it's like rape and everything, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking like just because the only reason I started watching it is because Samira Wiley is for, in it from Orange is the New Black and she's my bae. Because you know so, she's hashtag not on Orange is the New Black anymore. Yeah, so. so when I saw her, that she was on it, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And then when I saw that Alexis Bledel and Elizabeth Moss were both going to be in it, I was oh, like, okay, interesting. I've loved things that they've been in. Um, so I was like, I'm totally on board. So I only started watching because of that. I didn't really like look into anything about it. And I thought it was going to be just, I thought, I thought that from like what I was seeing them wearing with the, the red and the white, I, I thought that that was the only world I was going to be seeing. And that's not, I don't want to like get too much into it, but I just want to say it's go very, to Hulu. It's very timely. Pay the money. Watch yeah, your it's very timely for like, what's going on right now. So I think everyone needs to watch it right now. And especially if you went to the women's march or you were involved in the women's march in any way or you're doing any sort of activism like 
definitely see, definitely watch it. That's that's my plug for the week for the thing you have to do. That's Anything exciting. you want to tell listeners they have to do this week? Um, no. <laughs> I'm like on this week, what do you have to do? Just don't be a jerk and be a nice human. <laughs> like be a nice human. I dated this guy in high school, and he used to tell me all the time, like all I gotta do is stay black and die. Yeah, I'll, I always say I always gotta stay black, pay my taxes, and die. Like that's literally I say that all the time. <laughs> stay black, pay your taxes, and die. Technically, you don't have to pay your taxes. I mean, you can go to jail. I don't but want to Wesley Snipe. So yeah, true story. Like, pay taxes, you guys. So today we're gonna like we're gonna talk about um, risks, taking risks in business, and everything that that encompasses. Uh, because I think that risk is one of those things that you really just can't fully avoid right. if you are. An entrepreneur. If you're living safely in your bubble, you're definitely going to be stagnant and you're not going to experience growth. And that's what taking risks is all about. And I do believe that like everyone should take risks. Like I don't believe that you need to be just an entrepreneur to embrace No, risk, yeah. If you are a human being and you're thriving, then you should be yeah, able to beneficial. take a risk. Right. So first we're going to get into why you should take risks. So there's a lot of different reasons to take risks. Um, I think that one is that if you tend to be a risk taker and you tend to be comfortable with risk to an degree, you tend to be an early adopter of, of technology. And that's incredibly important right now because people that are not embracing technology are getting left behind. And I don't think that this, again, this isn't even a point that has to do just with technology, but I think about like someone like my mom who was like, Oh, those computer boxes. I'm not going to get down with right. those. And, and now like, you're struggling. So, yeah. She like, I don't want to learn to type. I don't want to learn to do these things. Like, oh, I'm not the computer type. I'm not going to have to learn these things. And because of that, now like half of the jobs that she would prefer to have, she can't. Right. Because she doesn't know computers. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then also just like from a, b- being able to like communicate to people's standpoint, it took her forever to learn like email and, you know, right. texting and things like that. And now she's finally, you know, got around to learning it. But it's like... She realizes now how much she missed out on because she was just and she unwilling. could have been completely ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, it's a way to save money. I will say from our end, we are we're early adopters to Android, um, Chrome beta. We used it for the year before it came out. Gmail beta, all these things. Google Apps beta testing, and I've never paid for Google Apps. Mm-hmm. So or what is it called now? I think it's like G Suite for business. Yeah, yeah. never had to pay for it because we adapted it really, really early on. So there's you know benefits to kind of getting into something i mean some things will fail like obviously there was google wave which if anybody remembers we were on that and it doesn't exist anymore but there's totally benefits to being an early adapter i mean you don't stake your whole business on it obviously but try to use tools as they come out because you never know when software creators will reward you for being the people who gave them feedback and tested things early out and i feel like that's that's such a great point because like you look at things like vine which you know they put out this company in a sense like putting out putting out i think a social media platform right now is a risk in in general because there's so many and they're all competing and there's all these people that became vine stars and obviously that's not a thing anymore but a lot of them that didn't necessarily put all their eggs in one basket are able to now right. move over to they moved Instagram a lot or right. facebook or YouTube. You know, youtube or wherever because they built up enough of a brand but right. those that like didn't bother to even make an account anywhere else or think beyond like making that 30 second video those people are screwed so yep. it's like you you definitely want to be careful with it you better be smart about yeah. what you're doing like you said don't put all your eggs in a basket and it's, it's even like saving money like again outside of business like families and stuff like who are using groupon and all these different things like you know being those early adopters of technology and trying out these different things right that can just help make your life easier um i'm all about like when they make these houses that 
do everything. I mean, to an extent they have, but it's, you know, but like when they're like, here's a smart house and you just, press I know, all these buttons, well, I'm it like, just makes me, me think about the movie, the decom the yeah. de- <laughs> smart house and how everybody was like, we're not going to get a smart house because she'll be crazy and she'll be jealous that your, your dad is dating. And now that's like a thing. Like you want a smart house. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I'm like, give me a smart house. Like I'll be one of the first people to sign up. I don't care if my house like locks me inside and eats me or whatever. <laughs> like everyone's afraid of, like I'm, I'm willing to risk it because it seems pretty awesome and like a hashtag lazy girls dream. Um, (laughs) So another part of it um, is you usually make more money if you are a risk taker. And I think that if you really look at like pretty much any billionaire or even millionaire in the world, and of course we're talking about people that have actually made their money and not necessarily that were born into it. um, But any of these people that have earned this large amount of money have definitely taken some extreme risks at some point that you know, your average person isn't going to take because then able to reap benefits of that degree, you're going to have to take some sort of risk. Right. I mean, Richard Branson is just like the largest example. example. He has done so many different things that have failed, have been awful, but some of the risks he's taken have also been amazing. And him starting an airline in a country where British Airlines Mm -hmm. was established, that was a huge risk. And now he's making, you know, he's a billionaire because of what he decided to do. So um, if you haven't listened to his, um, I think it's how, how did this get made? Or I'll put a link to the show note to listen to how he came about going through all the different things that he's done with the Virgin brand. It's really interesting because I mean he was one of the first people also starting a record store mm-hmm. when there was already existing yeah, record like, stores. I'm gonna do all the things he's like I'm gonna show up. I think he had like a women's something line that he talked about that was a complete failure. I want to say it was like a line. It was something weird like for women, and he was like, I started this line and it failed so hard or whatever. But he took a risk, and that's why he's a billionaire. Yeah, and some of his things like panned out for a while and then didn't. Yeah, go I mean on like forever, Virgin Air but... here in the U.S. is this is last year. It's gonna be in operations, but I'm sure he doesn't regret the past. 20 years of having exactly. that here so exactly um and another reason that you should take risks is that risk takers often have a stronger sense of self so i think that when you you know can take these risks and when you can just learn to deal with the outcomes whether they be you know exactly what you're going for or maybe not quite but you learn from the situation i think that you really do get a stronger sense of like yourself and what you're capable of um and what you have to offer the world and who you are it's definitely a confidence builder because once you take a huge risk and it actually pays off, then you feel like you've actually made the right decision for yourself and you can really, you know, be at peace that you're not a complete idiot for jumping into the water and doing something that's unheard of or maybe a little bit risky. Yeah, I feel like for me, like when I decided to stop doing like wedding photography, like it was such that's a risk. A, yeah, that's a huge risk because you already yeah. had a brand that was existing it and was, people... you know, it was like stressful because it was like, okay this is a huge risk. What if it doesn't go well? Like, you know, and, and of course anything that I do, I'm also putting like my husband in a particular position as well. Right. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, cool. I built up this business and now I'm going to step away from it and do something different. And you know, it's definitely a risk that paid off. I'm so much happier. I feel like I'm much more where I want to be. I love my clients. I love my life. Um, so that's just one of those risks that like you take and, and you realize like, yes, this is where I belong and I do have a strong sense of self. And I also think about like risks, like this is something that I personally would never do, but I know your husband jumped out of a plane. <laughs> he did jump and out of a plane. I'm sure like this, like people always say that like the hardest part is like that jump. But right. then once you're in the air, you feel like just I did it. Yeah. Amazing. Like you feel like there's no other thing that describes it. And like when you feel when you hit the ground, like you're so like not hit the ground, but when you land on the ground, <laughs> when you land on the ground, specifically landing, I think that that's a part of uh, the feeling of feeling very like accomplished and just like I'm sure you feel like a badass. Um, and I'm sure that that gives you such a strong sense of self and who you are because you're just like, wow, look at me, like I'm amazing, and I did this. I did this totally huge thing. Awesome yeah, thing. totally. For me, that's like if I'm going on like 
a roller coaster that's like probably not that scary to most people. That's how I feel after. I'm like, look at me. I'm such a badass. Like if I just go on like a regular roller right. coaster, not like anything at Bush Gardens. That's crazy. I was gonna say, don't you want to go on Mako at Sea World? Like we no. need to like, I'm totally not, go. Like, if it's at Sea World, Bush Gardens, Six Flags, it's not. <laughs> like I might go on it. You're like the Disney Mind Train, and you're like, this is like, incredible. Me, yeah, like I could go on like Space Mountain, and then afterwards, I feel like super like I'm oh like I took a risk and it paid off. <laughs> but Everest. Um. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> Because it goes backwards, and I don't get down with things we, that go backwards. We need to do it together. I'm a roller coaster person, so I'm totally like, take all my friends and some put them on dangerous like, machines. Some person just told me, they're like, oh, when you fall from Everest, like, it's not that bad because it curves when you get to the bottom. I'm like, yeah, but look at all that falling. <laughs> like, you still fall for, you know, forever. And I know, because I can calculate risk, that that's not going to be one that's worth it for me to take. And I'm going to not feel happy about life afterwards. <laughs> You're not going to be excited about <laughs> the fact that I will not have a stronger it. sense of self after that. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of different risks that you can expect to take when you become a small business owner or an entrepreneur. Um, some of them are just unavoidable. The first one is abandoning a steady paycheck. Doesn't mm. matter what you are probably not going to have a steady paycheck. Now, that doesn't mean that, like, it can be bad and steady. That can mean that, right. like, one month you made a million dollars, the next month you made half a million, depending on what your and particular business is. And, yeah, and, I mean, um, you can build up to getting a steady paycheck. Like, yeah. that's a thing that can happen. I think sometimes there's a kind of a misinformation about, like, you're never going to, like, yeah, your business is never going to make the same amount of income, but if you're at the point where you're making a steady amount of sales or getting a certain amount of money and then you, you can, can pay yourself a little bit of yeah. money. It's not going to be like in the beginning, you're not going to be paying yourself like a, you know, $75,000 salary or whatever. And if you are more power to you, shout out to you, you're probably not going to get a deal on Shark Tank, but whatever, <laughs> do that. Um, but just, you know, you when you get to a certain point where things are steady, you can begin to pay yourself a certain amount of money that and, you're like. Yeah, so the other thing to think about is like there's a difference between like, you know, like you were saying, like you making money and you're right, your business making money. making money. So right. it's like you might decide, like, I can comfortably pay myself this amount, but you might have different amounts. Exactly. Your business, your business is going to be like up and your business is always going to be an up and down. Yeah. That's just and a reality. There's, situation. You know, for a lot of businesses, there's like seasons. That yeah. Are like this is a more popular season. Like, you know, summer is, you know, right. really great for this and winter is really great for that. So I know um, I was just reading an article the other day about this girl who sold, sold, started out selling planners. And she was like, I did awesome business, like November through March. And then right. the rest of the year, you're like, making, nobody's well, not buying making planners. Any money the rest of the year. But I guess she takes that time to develop right. the next planner and work on marketing throughout the year and that sort of thing. So that come November, when people start thinking about planners again, she yeah. like hits the ground running. But it's funny because it's like it's almost like running two businesses because she has a lot of downtime, mostly planning and mostly marketing during one half of the year. Then the other half of the year, it's like crazy, like right. sales out the door. Exactly, you're making of hundreds of thousands like, of dollars yeah. in planner money because people love planners like that is a billion dollar industry i love planners like i easily spend like i'll easily spend fifty dollars on a planner and not like blank like and i know like i used to be like no like twenty dollars are under but then like one year i just bought an expensive one and i was just like i love this like and i justify it because i'm like i use it every day it's for my business john does not understand it it's like the one thing that he's always just like looking at me sideways about like he's like really like you spent sixty dollars on this planner, but I freaking love them. And I actually brought, I bought my brother um, a productivity planner this year. I think it was like about thirty five or so. It was from Anthro. It was mm-hmm. the last one they had in stock. And I wish I bought it for myself because like he loves it so much. So it's it is such a good business, and you do make money, but you're only gonna make it right. for 
anywhere from two to probably four months and right. then the rest of the year you have to make sure that you've planned out exactly. how you're going to spend that money so it is it's definitely a risk um another thing is that you are going to sacrifice well not always but you're often going to sacrifice personal capital yeah um depending on a lot of different things i think everyone thinks that this like looks at the beginning like oh well i gotta have hundreds and hundreds of dollars in the beginning to invest it's like no it's not necessarily that it just might be little things over time that you do right and it, it can even like include you know signing up for a different workshop to learn a new skill or you know things buying like that. a new like like computer or a new yeah. com- a camera or a new lens or whatever the case may be instead of buying you know new sneakers or a new dress or whatever like that's just the reality of your business being able to operate, you're going to have to put the money in the business first because that's what's paying your bills for everything else. So um, just be aware that you may not always be able to see the newest Marvel release, that you may have to go buy something else instead. So that's, yeah. that's life. <laughs> John and I used to go see every single movie that would come every, out. Every, like, opening midnight, weekend. Opening night at midnight at Universal because that's our favorite theater. Um, and now... <laughs> We like everyone's like, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, nope. nope. I'll see it when it goes to Redbox. The only thing I am gonna go see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because Guardians One is my favorite movie. Um, but like, cute. that'll probably be the last movie I see. I think the last time we, the only reason why we really stopped watching movies because we had a kid and you can't take her to ninety percent of the movies that we yeah. want to go see. And I think that's really like now we're just trying to. We were like, oh, last year we you did a little bit so better. Much money though, it's yeah. awesome. We went <laughs> to see Hidden Figures because I was like, I have to see that in yeah. the theater. But other than that, I'm like, no, wait until it, ha- it has to be like a good one. I'd rather spend that on something with my business at this point. Um, another risk that you can expect to take as an entrepreneur is the risk of just estimating your market because it is an estimation at the end of the day. Basically, yeah, like it's it is an estimation. There is some trial and error and in, in error involved in it, and you learn that a lot uh, towards the beginning. Um, and of course you get better at it and it becomes a more streamlined process and you get better at those estimations, but it's always, always, right. You should always have at least a quarter out about how much you expect to have coming in. Um, just, just for comparison numbers. So that way you can have an idea. And if you're brand new, go ahead. A lot of industries, um, like my sister's business, she's researching that information right now. I helped her find a lot of, um, major companies in the industry that she's in have released their like sales and numbers and everything. So she can get an idea of what she would make being a smaller business in this area and all those things. So a lot of companies do release, and and I think they might have to, Depending on how you're incorporated, have to release hmm. like your sales reports or whatever to the public, depending on if you're publicly traded or something. I think that's yeah. what it is. Um, so you can have that information, just go by what they're, you know, and that's how people find out what the margins are in an industry and how to, you know, navigate that space. So take some time out. And it, it's risky because you may have all of these estimates that you've done all this meticulous science and numbers and doing all the math for, and then you come out of a quarter and you completely bomb. <laughs> and yeah. that happens with tech companies all of the time i mean you know who just went public with snapchat when they went public they had like all this stuff and then they like they didn't make as much money as they thought they were going to make completely after and they've been dragging because instagram and facebook came through and snatched their wig like literal (laughs) so it it can happen you never know what's going to happen in your market that may make things easier or worse like if we wake up tomorrow and like wordpress is like just kidding we're no longer gonna exist then we have to oh scramble and God. like please don't even say that out loud girl <laughs> i can't even like i have never thought about that until 
until this moment. <laughs> no, I think I like what ruined a great her life. Thing that we are recording this because I have no plan in my life. That. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. like, I mean, we have plans like we can use something Ooh. else to switch to another CMS I mean, or whatever. Space, but it's not. The I mean, same. but we would use like Go CMS. There's so many different CMS that we've already worked with that we'd yeah. be able to use. But still, a lot of the market, there are so many WordPress. people who have WordPress products that yeah. they would just immediately be like, "Oh snap! How am I going to feed my family?" tomorrow so yeah. there are just things to think about you I should would always be, i'd be hurting i'd need like a month to my life <laughs> we'd out. be mourning for like a month <laughs> <sighs> man that's scary <laughs> i don't like that topic <laughs> okay another risk that you can expect to take as an entrepreneur is trusting employees um and it is it's a risk if you think about it right. i mean I think that nine times out of 10, if you, you know, vet them ahead of time, it's going to be just fine. But a lot of people just have a hard time with that risk. Um, I think that I know a lot of people that are just like, oh, well, I just, I could never, I can't, I can't imagine. Like people are like, don't even want to hire like interns or like anything. Right. Um, and I, I personally think that that's definitely one of those risks that you should take if you are in the position where you can hire an employee. I mean, like you look at any major, major business that is like changing the world, none of them normally are like not having employees right i mean like it it takes uh what is it it takes teamwork to make the dream work you know what i mean and not to say that like what you're doing if you're just one person isn't important because it is but you cannot grow being one person doing every single thing in your business you only have so much that you can take in and you're going to start to be more stagnant because as technology evolves depending on what you're doing you're going to need more people who specialize in certain things to help you exist it doesn't matter if you're like a company that does like products Believe me, technology for the product that you make will come out and make mm-hmm. things easier and you will not have time to retrain because then you have to stop doing the other 3,000 things that you're doing. So it's just always important to know that to scale your business, you're going to have to bring people on, even if it's on a part-time basis, a contract basis. You have to take that risk and trust people. And sometimes it works out well. Like we've had really good partnerships this year. Thankfully, in the past, we've had really garbage ones where we've had people and had them contract on projects and then they disappear. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a risk that you have to be willing to take to make more money. Yeah, I think that, you know, in order to see the growth that you want to see, you know, and again, there's some there's some jobs out there that do work really well with one person. And that's fine. I just think that. If you're like, well, I want to like, I, I feel like you can't expect to make more money at a certain point right. if you are not taking on yeah. employees. I think and photographers and people in the wedding industry really struggle with this because there's so meticulous details that come out of their creative brain yes. that they have a problem with expanding. But the only way that you can keep up with the industry and your competitors is if you find those people that you can work with and trust them and branch out because otherwise you're going to get ran over I can tell you, when I was a photographer, the only person that I went to work with um, was Nicole um, of Nicole and Me Photography. She's here local in Orlando, and she's also a Disney photographer. And I would trust her, like, you know, like my right hand. Right. But anyone else, I was like, no. Like, not like not anywhere near my, no, no. Right. Uh, I don't want you near my business. Like, we're t- totally different. We have different ways of looking at things. Like, no. Whereas now, like, doing branding and social media, I'm like, okay, time to hire people. Like, yeah. literally, like, day one, I was like, I know what I want my business knew. to look yeah. like. And in order to get to that, like, I'm going to need both employees and interns to be able to give the services and products that I want to be able to give. So it's it's definitely, I think, the more the more um, you feel like a, a tortured artist in a sense, the more like protected you want to keep that art, I guess. 
Um, so yeah, it is an emotional thing, I think, to hire somebody. But it's also important to remember, like, when you're a photographer or designer or anything else where you're creating, um, you don't have to hire somebody to create. You can hire somebody to do the stuff that exactly. you don't want to do. Like, hire somebody to do your bookkeeping, you know, hire someone to even handle, like, your social media I was stuff. I social media like, immediately. If that's not something that right. you love to do. Um, I mean, we do, like, we don't think about all the little things we do because they've just become second nature at this point to do a million things. If you have things, products, hire someone in your neighborhood to come over in the afternoon and pack things. Like, exactly. That's super like, easy. anything like that makes a huge difference. And just bookkeeping alone, I think, makes a massive difference. So just, you know, start out maybe small and see, yeah. you know, small places where you can hire someone right. and then bring people A good on idea is to way. hire, like, a stay-at-home mom because most of the time they want to keep their skills going so that mm-hmm. if they do return to the workspace, or even if they don't, they still want to make a little extra money so they can spend it on things cute baby clothes are really expensive so i would you know and it's also as a as a woman and as a feminist i really do want women to continue to make their own money when they're in a, it doesn't matter if your long-term relationship you know you should always not rely on one person so i think yeah if you're not sure where to hire someone um if you know somebody that when you went to college with that may be able to help out with bookkeeping or like you know just va stuff like replying emails and they're a mama and they're staying at home a great point. reach out to that person and say hey i yeah. know you've been at home for like a year and a half i know you have a toddler but we have like i can pay you this amount of money for a couple hours of your time Mm -hmm. totally works out most of the time yeah i feel like that's such a awesome point because so many single moms because we immediately think about college students yeah so many stay-at-home moms have a lot of skills already right you got a baby you got skills already (laughs) you know unlike uh college students who you know may or may not have experience a lot of single moms or a lot of stay-at-home moms moms, have already had like a lot of experience experience so i feel like that's that is like an awesome point right and they don't want to apply for jobs because they feel like oh i've had this gap you know usually a year if you take a year off most people do and it helps with that gap exactly it helps with the gap so i love that just a thing okay so we talked about why you should take risks and what risks you should expect to take as an entrepreneur so now we're going to get into the best practices for actually taking risks right so i think first and foremost it's important to remember that risk taking is a part of entrepreneurship and with the right execution risk taking is actually worth it. Uh, you just have to make sure that you are scaling yourself, measuring, preparing, doing as much prep work as you can, and going into it with um, a positive attitude. Um, and if you're preparing, it, it often is worth it. I think that nine times out of ten, when I've taken a risk, I've been like, "This was a good call." Right. You know, doesn't always work, but when it works, it's like it works well. It's, yeah, yeah, it's gonna it be stressful well. in the moment, so it's okay to to be like aware that this is not gonna be an easy transition. Most of the time, it's totally okay to to have stress remember to take time to breathe through those things and then you will come out the other side yeah so i think it's important to know the difference between big risks and um small risks that you can kind of predict a little bit more right um so like a big risk would be changing your entire career (laughs) uh that is a big risk there's there's a lot that goes into that that is exactly why when i went into this idea um, I didn't go into it lightly. I talked before I even began to she get into it. She talked about it for a I talked about time, it for a long y'all. time. <laughs> I did. I talked to every single person that I trusted, and I talked to them in great detail. And every every single person I talked to was, like, 100% on board to the point where they were like, yeah, you didn't know you'd be good at that. Like, duh. <laughs> um, so for me, that was, like, step number one. And then step number two was taking that year to be in between both right. and really know what I was doing and feeling comfortable before I fully let go of um, wedding photography. So I feel like, you know, when you're taking a big risk like that, you might have to take your time. You might need to bring in people to help you. Yeah. Um, you need to make sure because it's – 
if things didn't go well, then I wouldn't be able to eat food. You so, might have needed like time. Like some people, if you're just switching industries, you may need to pay for a consultation out for somebody that's already in your industry that you look mm-hmm. up to. You can say, hey, I want to sit down and talk to you about, because I'm going into this field. I know a lot of developers do that if they switch different styles of development or if a designer goes into development or if you have a job, you know, it's easier to say, I'm going to take the risk of paying this person a little bit of money, which is a small risk to see if I want to invest into having this really big risk. So sometimes small risks lead up to that bigger risk. So a small risk, and like, I know some people might not even think about this, but like a small risk might be changing a system that you have. Yeah. So like, let's say you have a system and it is pretty good. It's right. It's not, you know, you like, you don't hate it by any means. It's going well, but you keep hearing about this other system and it is apparently so much better. Now you like your system, but you're going to take the time and energy to learn a new system and possibly have to pay for this new system. Right. And that's a risk right there. Now it's one that you probably can look into and kind of guess your outcome. Like you might go into it being like, yeah, I'm 95% sure this is going to be exactly what I want. Um, But there's, there's a small amount of risk there. So some people might be more inclined to to do a ton of small risks and maybe not any big risks, whereas some people are going to mix it up and be able to do both. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other good examples. I don't know. A small, I think like a medium sized risk, if we're putting like medium into it would be like rebranding. The business yes. that already exists, because it's not really a huge, huge risk, but it's also not like it's not trivial either. But it's something that does require a little bit more calculation and mm-hmm. understanding what you're doing. But at the same time, it, it really, if you already have your clients and they love you and you already know, and you're just really just shifting focus a little bit yeah. to be more precise about what you want to offer, which is totally fine. It's something that I think most people do at some point at in your business. Point, you're yeah. going to shift focus. I think another uh, good example of a small risk is actually uh, side projects. Yeah, because really, if they don't go well, you normally are not out a ton of money. Like, if someone is like, you know, going into a side project, like I wouldn't tell them to spend much money. Like, I would say do something that you are maybe already doing as a hobby or you're doing the side anyways. Like. Um, and then it doesn't become this thing where, you know, I, at, the, at the most, like, let's say like, if you spent like $300, then you're out $300. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to say like, that's not a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but you know what I mean? Like, it's obviously not the same. As, you like, didn't buy tickets to the fire festival. <laughs> exactly. So it's all exactly. right. Like if you want to compare how much exactly. $300 is to yeah, anything. Exactly. It's like something that is just a little bit smaller. That is something yeah. that, yeah, you might like something that you might spend on something that you would just enjoy, but you decide to invest that right. in, into like a, a creative side project. And if you lost that money, you would still be able to, you, you okay. would yeah, You're exactly. not needing a return on your investment. So I think that those are um, a great way yeah. to try out risk on a small scale. And for some people, they turn into these massive, you know, awesome things. Yeah, whereas- I think Lauren Holm is one example where she was doing lettering projects that were just kind of like small things. And now she's doing like really big things. Like one thing that she's doing right now is making literal flour like FL. Oh, you are not flower crowns of different pastries and breads and amazing yeah. things, which I absolutely adore. And actual large brands have one one brand has already copied her, which is like which okay. Is but I'm sure people are reaching out to her because yeah. this is such an interesting thing. The same with you know um, Danielle Evans for doing her food type started out as yeah. a side project and now it's become her career. And I was as gonna a, say like how Allie from the Wonder Jam, who we had here on the podcast not too long ago, was talking about how she did her first 100 days project and she was painting, I believe it right. was. Yeah, yeah. And then she was doing started, small mini canvases. Yeah, people started wanting to actually buy her painting right um so it's which like, is real like she, i've i've gotten people being like i want this as a print from just doing my 100 day project i keep 
bothering you <laughs> and being like, um, did you save this one? I want this one. Like, I want all They're of like them. all like, up they're here, all so ready to be scanned. I know. Actually, when you went to the other room, I was looking at that one. I was like, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like that's, that's for you, like, that's a perfect example because right. it's, like, it's low risk. You probably already have that paper here, I'm assuming. Yep. Um, this is paper that I got from an older friend a couple of hours that actually just moved out of Florida. You know, they're older, and so they're, they're kids are like come live with us because it's time um yeah. and so they sold like all of this art stuff like but not sold oh, but they really gave it away like they like, had yeah, a box of all like, this big and i'm like all of the left. big paper yeah. i will take all of it because i haven't and I'm had assuming that you probably i mean if you i had to pay yeah and then i just expensive. rebought new ones or and yeah. i still had the brushes like all this stuff is a stuff i yeah, already own like, and i've around. only spent maybe maybe like 30 dollars on yeah. extra supplies or anything so it's not a big deal but i could possibly make $30 back or more than $30 depending on what's to buy these prints so yeah I feel like that's just I mean like I have a few side projects in the work right now and they're all things that um one of them is like a product right it's something that I would make for myself and something that I actually was had in mind to make for my aunt and uncle which is like where the idea came from and so I don't want to like say exactly what it is now because I like to debut things and make them all special she and pretty. to be real extra um, is what I she am said. very extra <laughs> as a person which I know I know it's fine um, but yeah so it's like it's something that if it goes horribly wrong and nobody wants to buy it it's then totally it's not a big deal because you still get I, the I'm product you love it exactly and I'm giving them to friends and family and it's something that I would give to friends and family anyway yeah. so it's like it's totally fine so I think that something like that is a really good example of a small risk that you know could pay off in a big way but if it doesn't if it if it ends up being negative, you can look at it in a positive way and be like, you know what? It, it worked off. It worked out. Um, so yeah, some risks won't pay off. Like we, That's were, fine. like we were saying. Um, I think that the key with that is just to stay optimistic and, uh, you know, learn from it and just kind of move on. Right. Like I mean, I gave a talk at a conference. I was the last person on the schedule for the last day. Um, so I like, I knew, I didn't know until I got the schedule. And then I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, well, you know, this is not, it ain't gonna happen. Like, nobody's gonna be here. Like, at the end of, you know, this particular conference, most of the time, people are just gone. And so, I mean, it's a risk that I took when I signed up to speak. Like, yeah. you take that risk, and so you get it, and then I show up, and there's three people in the room, and I was or like... Or you freaking have the risk of, like, you don't know when you're going, and then they put you after the best person. <laughs> you have to watch them go ahead of you, and they have this huge, amazing right. thing that they do. We're actually gonna have him on in a few weeks. His name is Mario, but I had to follow him, and it was not cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, you don't know. So I think that, yeah, speaking is a big risk. Like, when you it apply is. to speak, because you have no control over any you of the things. You don't know who are, who's gonna be there. Right, like, you have no yeah, like sitting. I flew to Philadelphia. That's a huge risk. I have that never is. been there um, yeah. to speak at a conference that I've never attended that had only been around for a year before I did. And, you know, that's a risk that I took. And, you know, it obviously worked out very well. But if it didn't work out well, then worst case scenario would have been that you like got great coffee and like saw <laughs> a new city. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't the be, worst like, case would have been like everybody at the conference was awful, but I still got good coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I still got and really you saw good a new food. City. Like Korean to me, that's a tacos. So, yeah. If the, as long as there's food. Yeah, it's just being optimistic, like, I think, really does make a difference in the way you really take does. things. So I'm trying to think of, like, a good example of, like, a time where I took a risk and it failed. And I'm sure that there are so many. Because that conference I went to, I, it, it was a bomb for me, really, because I had three people. But I ate really good food that weekend, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was not sad at all. I was like, okay. And I got a really good t-shirt, so. There you go. There you go. I mean, if there's food involved or travel there's involved. There's food and there's free, there's free swag when you go to conferences. So yeah. really, if all things fail your swag bag is gonna be like legit (laughs) i'm sure that i'm gonna have like so many um failures this year because i'm like finally throwing myself into so many different projects so like 
at least one of them is bound to fail. You'll report back. So I will report back at the end of this year and maybe have like a list of. We all will. The we should do like the pros and cons and of things that we did this year. Show you everything that I failed That's at true. because I mean, like, I'm really putting my hands into everything. Like anyone who like does talk to me on a regular basis, like Bobby and Amber and Narsha, all know because I talk about these things that I'm doing and some of them I'm doing with other people and like I'm just putting putting myself out there and like I'm I'm gonna fail at something like it's just it's it's inevitable. Not all these projects are going to work out. Um, and so, yeah, I'll report back in and let you guys know. Welcome but I'm, I'm, like, ready to fail, if that makes sense. Like, yep. I'm just kind of, like, failing forward and just saying, okay, how can I learn the from The best way to fail is fail quickly. And, yeah, exactly. Just moving forward and, and just continuing to create and work with cool people and that sort of thing. So, uh, another thing um, as far as how should you take a risk uh, is remembering that the human brain is pretty good at predicting disaster or, or failure. Um, it's pretty good at calculating risk. Right. So just kind of trust your instincts. Listen and, to your gut. Yeah, like nine times out of ten, uh, the human brain is going to let you know, like, yeah, this isn't a good call, or yeah, I think we can handle this. Like, you're wired in a way right. to be able to predict risk. Now, obviously, you can look at some of the best business, you know, takers out there and say like, oh, well, maybe they're better at knowing. I think it's not even that they're better at knowing whether or not it's risky or not. I just think that it's that they're braver. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they're more willing to do it. And and that's really the only difference. I think that I'm sure that they look at it and they weigh the pros and cons just like anybody else would. And, you know, they probably have their suspicions. But I think like the, the, the human brain basically will look at a situation and we will think of the most negative Outcome. Uh, outcome. And we'll yep. actually predict it to be a little bit more negative. Right. Just like me, how I just said, like, well, I'm going to try to sell this thing. And if if I don't sell out any, like, that's yeah. what I'm preparing for to not right. sell one. Because I that's always how remind people works. to just, like, do pros and cons. I do this to yeah. you all the time. I'm like, go home, get some notepads, and do your pros and cons yep. list. Because literally, your brain is going to think of every yeah. bad every thing that's going to happen. And it's okay to look at that list and say, I'm going to do it anyway. And it, yeah, I say, I think that it's really freeing when you know the worst thing that, that can, can happen, happen and you're like, well, that's the, like, did you die? No. Yeah, I know. I literally, die. that's how we were yesterday. <laughs> and we've never, like, I, I personally have never bought a car ever. I've been there when people have bought several cars, but I've never bought one. And so we, us going to buy a car and us being only employed by Sevenality and we were just yeah. like, we're going to get there and they're going to say, what are you doing? That's so cute that you thought that you could afford anything. Get your poor self out of here. And it, like it didn't. It was like a super seamless process. But the worst thing that could have happened is that they would say no and that we would just have to go back into the drawing board. So just know the worst thing, take the risk. It's worth it. We got a new car. We're not, we're in time for rainy season, so we won't yes. die. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, this life. Yeah, you don't achieve your dreams by playing it safe. Nope. So just go ahead, get out there, take, take some risks. risks. And, Let us know. know what risks you're taking this year. If you've taken any big ones and they already paid off, so we can send yeah. you unicorn emojis and little confetti emojis absolutely so we have some listener questions that we are going to get into uh we have three today uh so they're all very random the first one is how do you manage to get through your to-do list every day mine seems never ending i I have my to-do list right here (laughs) and as you can see i did not get through anything all the things i had (laughs) i was gonna say like how did you get and all i do is just what i don't get through things i just go and i put them on to the next day and if i get through it then i go and i put it on to the next day like you you will never get through it no you are never going to get i don't think i know any single human being and i know people who have real (laughs) like real life jobs that say like save actual lives um, they do not get through their to-do list every day. Nobody 
sitting there checking off every single thing on their to-do list. The important thing is to know that you can get some, some things done. Mm-hmm. Prioritize the things that are more important. Um, if there's fires that come up, again, those things happen, especially yeah. in tech, especially when you're in a service-based oh, yeah. business. You have to You have to readjust it. and you have to be ready. And like we said, that's part of taking risks. So Yeah. I think for me, uh, one of the things that I've been doing is I, I have kind of like two to-do lists, and especially because I have anxiety, so I don't need to always see my big to-do list because that's stressful. Yeah. So I have a big to-do list that I keep, and it's by um, business and by client. Um, so that's like separated out kind of into like an organized, like ongoing to-do list. So that's like the, the master yeah. to-do It's like list. Asana. Like Asana's our master to-do yeah. list. And, and then, then I have this day-to-day yeah. thing that and I put then in I my have planner. Like, what I do is I pick my biggest, hardest task and I do it first. Um, and I used to not do that because I like to like ease into everything. And I still do have like my easing transition in the morning where I'm like eating my breakfast, maybe doing some social media, whatever. But before I get into my, in my inbox now, cause I used to get into my inbox and from there it would just, all the day starts crazy. off. Yeah. Right. Um, so now instead of doing that, I just handle my biggest, hardest item first, my task that's like going to be the most challenging. And once I get that out of the way, like I just, I feel like I fly through the rest of the day because yep. I feel like, Oh, You've that was so the hard. Big like that was the thing that I was not looking forward to. I got it done and now everything else is just great and flying by and I normally try to focus on like so it's like my big item and then I normally pick two small items and if I get through those three then I feel like wow you just did everything and sometimes I will only get through those three depending on how big that one item is if it's you know it's a mess like a monster task then yeah I'm just gonna do like that and maybe two other small things but you know sometimes you'll get through that and then you'll get through the rest of your list because they think that you're not like dreading that big thing or you know thinking about it all day so I was gonna say I think developers probably have the best case of like being able to tack off things off their list and being able to understand that you don't get through everything every day. Yeah. Like, I think if you're just doing other things, you kind of expect that you're going to finish at some point. But as a developer, you honestly, you never finish. (laughs) You never really finish. I mean, like, you get to an end point and then you do a handoff. And if you're done, then you're done. But, I mean, it really, it takes so much time (laughs) to get to that point. So you feel like you're doing development stuff for days on end. You feel like you're doing the same tasks over and over and over. And it just, it's something that really has helped me understand that I'm never going to get everything yeah, that I like, want Yeah, like, I think that's, like, that's the point, right? Like, we're yeah. never gonna, yeah. you're never gonna be, like, no matter what your industry is, like, I think about somebody who, like, You can always find like, something else shop. to like, do. Like, they're always gonna have new orders, hopefully, so yeah. they'll always be processing orders, like. Marketing is ongoing. Yeah, marketing is ongoing, like, emails are ongoing. If you have nothing to do, you should be reaching out to other people to exactly. see if you can get Create new Create things to or, do. Yeah. yeah, like, you you can always have something else to do. Um, So I don't think that you should be stressed out about about the fact that your you know your list is never ending like it is never ending and that means that you are still employed right. by you so exactly. good that job. is a good thing <laughs> so the second question is i want to start blogging to try to bring in more business what format should i use for my content so that's a very interesting question because different businesses in different industries <laughs> require different formats I always vote WordPress, and now just saying yeah. the word WordPress is stressing me out because I'm thinking about what you said earlier, and I'm just like, oh my god, I never thought about that. Like, I'm gonna go do investigative you guys. Work to it's make been sure around it's for over happen. a decade. It will be out. here. I don't think Matt Mullenweg has any plans to stop. I thought of it even like, like after he's church, done. Like it's just gonna always be around. <laughs> 
you know like can you imagine being like a we put out smoke signals like yeah who's the new wordpress (laughs) yeah oh man this automatic is fine it's fine wordpress is fine you guys like i'm sorry i'm giving me stress so i feel like if you're in core you know it's fine um yeah i feel like if you depending on what your business is and depending on how often you want to blog um, I just think from like, if you're coming in and you don't know what you're doing, I think that WordPress is so great because it's just really to go in and like easy to go in and bang out a post and not have to know about the rest. If you have somebody else that handles that side of things. So, you know, I, I know that some people are like, Oh, well I'm afraid of WordPress because blogger is so easy or whatever is so easy. Okay. Yeah. But just pay somebody to do the things you don't know how to do. And you just blog. Yeah. Like if you're just going into just blog and you're not trying to like, do anything else and you want it to look good and make sense and be the best it can be then then that would be my vote right and if you're not sure how often you should be posting just a good idea is like once a week yeah and then see if that's too much for you or if it's Mm -hmm. not enough and then you increase or decrease based on that now i know like squarespace does have a built-in um blogging platform so if you already are with Squarespace and, and you really use the blog, yeah, activate you the really portion like that, you know, platform, then I guess that that one, I mean, that one's pretty easy yeah. to use. And, and if you have like a Shopify store or something, WordPress and Shopify now integrate very, very easily. So you can easily set up your Shopify store into your WordPress site. And that way you have your blog and your shop in one place. Um, there's so many different things. WooCommerce obviously comes with WordPress. So you should yeah. already have the blog there. There is no... My biggest thing is I would say, like, use something well-known and that's been around for a long time because if you do decide to, like, that's the thing is you can change your mind, right? And it's a lot easier to change from one major platform to another than it is from, like, some platform that, like, disappears off the face of the earth or... Or if people tell you that, you know, people say, like, we write articles and we tell you guys about Wix and we believe because it's not good for you. Like, don't try to be like, oh, everybody's a hater on Wix and we like, no, nobody's being a hater. Like, these are people who actually's jobs are, like, web developers and who are developers who develop... like it's for not WordPress, like we've, it's kind of trash. You, like, like not, it's garbage, <laughs> and you just deal with it. Like suck it up. I, I'm glad you like it, and it's yeah. easy for you. However, your site nine times out of ten does not look great. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Everybody's like, oh, I built my site on Wix, so it's awesome. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Like, you know what? Maybe your site doesn't look like absolute trash, but it certainly doesn't look as good as it could look if you would just simply move it to another trust platform. Me, and as somebody who looks at code, if I look at the code in the back end of your site, you're going to be like, it's this garbage. Is garbage. Yeah. So. Garbage in, garbage out. It's a thing. Um, so our third question is, how do I reach out to someone I want to collaborate with if I don't actually know them? And I saw a lot of people actually have been asking this on Facebook groups. Yeah, so week. I do this a lot now. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I message strangers started, all the time. Actually, it started with Angelica uh, years and years ago where I messaged her and I was like, hi, I hey, see y'all. that you're, because you were on like the Sunshine Bloggers, yeah. like it was like a network of bloggers or whatever, similar to what like Philly Bloggers has now, but right. this was like I know, I explained that day. to Christina, I was like, we did a thing Yeah, like this already <laughs> happened, but it didn't, it, then it didn't happen. So like, I wasn't even necessarily sure that I wanted to join that, but I just wanted to like know you. Mm. So I just like emailed, you know, her and I was just like, hey, um, hi, like, do you want to have coffee with me? And I'm thinking like, she's probably going to think I'm like a crazy murderer or she's going to be a crazy murderer. And none of those things happen. So then after that, I did the same thing, wash and repeat with Melissa. Not knowing right. that they even knew each other because they live in the same area. Um, and so we all three became friends not knowing that we all knew each other until after a minute. And then we were like, wait a second, we all know each other. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> so from there, I was like, you know, I felt like I had a really good um, base of friends that uh, were diverse as far as jobs. 
Um, so I felt very supported in my industry and like creatively. And I was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to other people. And if they don't want to be my friend, like, I think I'm fine with that because like, again, I the worst thing I can say is no. Yeah. Like I already have like a good group of friends. So I went on and I just started like asking people, because that's the thing is when I say friend, I'm like, you shouldn't really collaborate with somebody unless you're willing to be their friend. So I think that it should start in friendship. And then if you, if you make good friends, like then continue on to a collaboration, but yeah. like, don't be like, well, you got a lot of skills and I hate you. But let's collaborate. It's like, that's not the best uh, way to go about things. So, you know, go ahead and send them an email. Um, If you are, if you know them or not know them, if you are close to them, then you can ask them for coffee in person. If not, um, do it, you know, Amber and I do. We have coffee dates where... We're you on drink Skype. coffee. <laughs> we're on Skype. On the end, while you're not, talking on the computer. Yeah, we're not actually in the same place, but I'm like, I got my tea and you're on my computer screen. So you can do that with anyone in the world. Um, and just be like, hey, like, you know, I really love that you did this series. Like, I'd love to talk to you more about it. Or, hey, I love the work that you did with blah, blah, blah. We should grab a, a, a coffee Skype date sometimes. And just make it, you know, casual. Like, I don't know. Like, I've never asked people out on dates, but this is what I assume <laughs> it would be like. And I think I'd be, like, awesome at it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Killer just kind of keep dating. it casual and just let them know, like, straight up. Like, hey, I think you're really cool. Yeah. I love that you did this. I was going to say, I'd compliments to, go a long way. Yeah, I'd like, love to grab a coffee with you or I'd like to grab a Skype coffee with you. And then if, if that goes well, again... Then from that point, be like, hey, I'd love to collaborate on A, B, and Z. And also another thing to remember is, like, if someone says no, like, it doesn't mean that they don't like you if they're saying no to a collaboration. It could just be that their plate is totally full right now or something is not their type of thing. Right. Like how I asked Melissa to be a part of this podcast permanently. And she's she like, said, Nobby. <laughs> and it's not because she hates us, but it's just, like, she's it's very not her supportive thing. of the podcast, obviously. Um, but it's just she does not like to speak in front of people all the time and she's even come out and done it more than once which i know for her is a really big deal um so just know who you're asking because somebody might be like that's not my sort of thing or just might not have the time or energy to be able to put into there's uh, definitely people who have emailed to be on our podcast who've been like yeah girl no and that's totally fine like i'm not gonna be like oh i'm never gonna talk to you again we're not friends or whatever the case may be no i still support you i still like you as a human being you're awesome not everything is for everyone so just know that no is an answer that they can give but if they say yes it's awesome as well so so just reach out. The worst they can say is no. And the worst, as far as like asking them for that coffee date or Skype coffee date first, the worst they can say is no, I don't like you. And just, and we like you, just, you. So just whatever. <laughs> you're like, well, you're the problem here, not exactly. me. Exactly. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.